Well, we are so glad to say that uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to somebody who is now known nationally, Leonard Steinhorn, is CBS News political analyst, professor of communication and history at American University. He's an author, and uh, not everybody looks at it, but I've seen Pundit Wire a couple of times, and it is a great uh, place to go if uh, you're looking for informed views on both sides of important issues. And he's on the news line with us now, so thank you for calling in, Leonard. Very much appreciate appreciate it. Hey, happy to be here. I do appreciate that. Okay, well, we had, uh, I call it personally, earth-shattering news overnight. Give us some sort of a sense of uh, the buzz this morning and the implications for President Trump with COVID-19. Well, first, you, everybody hopes that everybody is healthy and is able to get through this. Uh, has a mild case uh, and uh, uh, there's nothing serious among any of the people who do have it. Um, that's the bottom line here. But it also tells us something very powerful, that the most powerful man on this planet does not have the power to defend himself against coronavirus, especially, especially if he flouts the protocols and flouts the medical advice that is designed to keep people safe. Um, and so there's a real sense of, of course, we want everybody to be healthy. Um, we don't want this to be a serious case. But there's a real feeling uh, of, oh, oh my, um, this is somebody who is dismissive of masks, who politicized masks. In the White House, um, you were almost shunned or mocked if you wore a mask. At the debate, the president said, sort of almost cavalierly that it's okay to hold rallies and and meetings with people and his team walked in to the uh venue of violating the rules of the venue not wearing masks um and so there's a real sense that you of course you want everybody to be healthy but there's some there has to be a reckoning over the fact that health and medicine and these protocols have been politicized and look at what's happened. The president, in some ways, sad to say, could be a super spreader because it's not only in the White House, it's not only in his campaign staff, it's not only with the military people who traveled with him, um, but it's also the many people who in good faith believed him and came to events uh, and you know, or to fundraisers, which he had this week, even after knowing that Hope Hicks wasn't well. Um, and then the ripple effect is, you know, you have this almost shout fest at a debate um, with eight to ten feet apart from the two presidential candidates, both of whom are septuagenarians. What happens if Joe Biden gets this? Uh, we don't know any more information on Joe Biden's health. We assume he has been tested regularly. We assume that. But what happens if that's the case? Um, so it throws... A, our government into chaos, um, B, the campaign into chaos, and C, all of secondary effects. The markets right now are feeling the chaos and the worry, too, and people expect a big sell-off uh, out of concern for what's happening. So, yes, there's concern. You want the president to regain his health and not to have a serious case and to be good. But there's a real reckoning and sort of sense of, you know, you should have taken responsibility on, uh, on this thing much earlier and should not have politicized it. 
When Boris Johnson got COVID-19, there was afterward, uh, people tell us that he was really held in more endearment, in part because of his humanity. Would it help President Trump to humanize him? You know, he, er, everything he does is quintessential and superlative, but, uh, he, but, but yet he appeals to the common man. Do you think this could further endear him with uh, his base? Well, I, I thought about that, um, and uh, that, I think that's an interesting question, um, because I do think there will be a great deal of sympathy for him, and everyone wants him and his team to do well. Um, but on the other hand, um, he has so intensely violated the norms on this disease, dismissed the medical science for months. This happened to Boris Johnson fairly early during the pandemic, when we knew a lot less than what we know now. Um, and because we know so much now, to be dismissive, uh, to almost make fun of people who were wearing masks, to tell reporters at you know events that they should take off their masks when they ask questions, um, you know, to to demonize people who really want to be much more uh, sort of strict in terms of following the protocols. Um, how do you t put that into the hopper here uh, when people view the president? Um, because you talk about the common people, but it's the common people at his rallies now who have been exposed. Um, and so when you say that, yes, the common people, he reaches out to them by not showing the level of concern about how this could spread to people's families and communities, um, you know, what does that say? Is your, you know, the common person touch rhetorical or is it in practice? So I think, yes, it could evoke certain amount of sympathy and it could humanize him, as you say. But on the other hand, the record he has of just not caring about this or of flouting the medical science and making fun of it and sort of marginalizing people who really do follow these protocols um, may be a sort of a mitigating factor uh, against the sympathy that people may feel for the president right now. Well, Leonard, I, Ben Reichley here. I, I, I got to, you know, accept the fact talking to people in Washington over the last couple of days, you, you seem to have the president and his whole team and everybody already testing positive, understanding folks who've been in the White House, that multiple tests go on at multiple times during the day. So right now we know the president and his wife have uh, tested positive. Uh, we know that Hope Hicks was probably potentially the carrier. But w when you make statements that the president has dismissed this, uh, you know that, that that's interesting in the fact that he has talked about people wearing masks if they choose to. He's talked about the protocol. He's put a task force together to fight this. They've put a group together and uh, have the uh, vaccine on fast track. And, you know, when you say dismissive of this, uh, you know, I, I would say the president and his administration has stepped up and has, have done the best with the information at the time to combat this virus. Uh, you know, when, when you keep using the word dismissive and his team, you know, right now, 
it's a little early to talk about his team. There's a couple folks, his wife and Hope Hicks, who have this. Other people are being tested. And remember, uh, Governor DeWine out of Ohio tested positive and then the next day p- tested negative. Yeah, look, uh, we don't know a lot of information. And I'm not suggesting that everybody in the White House has it. I mean, but Mark Meadows traveled with the president. Uh, and then accompanied uh, sort of the Supreme Court Justice nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, to Capitol Hill, where they met with uh, senators and met with a lot of people. Um, the point is, is that you don't know when you get infected because you often don't have the symptoms quite yet, and already you are uh, in, in infectious and contagious there. Um, and... Uh, what I mean by dismissive is I, I actually think what he's done with Operation Warp Speed um, uh, has been exceptionally good. Um, I think that was a very important and good response on his part and on his administration's part. And it's sort of a Manhattan project for a vaccine. I, I, we can't rush it. Again, we have to respect the medical science. But I think by putting that money in and encouraging uh, companies to deal with it, that was a fully appropriate response um, uh, on the part of his administration. But even at the debate, when he was, when he was asked about the rallies, and he, he has basically uh, said, well, it's, it's not a problem. You know, it's not a problem. Uh, you know, it's outside. Um, and he has said at times that, oh, really, only old people, uh, you know, really get sick or die from this. Um, and so... I think if you go and look over his, the record of his statements, um, he has politicized this in a way that it didn't need to be politicized. And I do think that that is going to uh, sort of drive part of the discussion about uh, this whole unfortunate situation. So, um, y- yeah, look, I, to suggest that his administration hasn't done anything would be absolutely flat out wrong. They have. Um, there's certainly debate as to how much they've done and to what extent, but we can't deny the fact that the president has um, encouraged governors to open up perhaps more uh, uh, rapidly than some of the uh, medical experts would recommend on something like this, um, that they have been much more cavalier about mask wearing and suggesting people wearing masks. Um, than than others have been, and uh, I think if you, it's hard to debate that. But yes, the president has done plenty of things on this. Um, but at the same time, uh, his attitude has been more to politicize it, or in some ways to diminish its extent and scope and power um, than medical science would have preferred. So um, this isn't to say that his administration hasn't done anything, but there has been a more dismissive attitude even about things such as wearing a mask from the White House. He has made fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is that it's not necessarily only about oneself. It's about the people you come in contact with and the people that you put at risk. And even if everybody you put at risk doesn't come down with this thing, the very fact that you might put people at risk is is not necessarily responsible because you are the most powerful person in the world who's been tested every day and presumably there are protocols put in place in the white house to prevent 
the president and the vice president from getting this. And even then, it can happen to you. And that's how serious this pandemic is. Do you have time for one more quick, quick question? Sure. Okay. The vice presidential debates are coming up. I can't help but think this is probably convenient timing because the president's on the mend. Okay, so that's good. But terrible timing. You have a president who's ill with a disease, and now the vice president is stepping up to the podium. The optics of that, Leonard? Well, they become even more serious when you the vice presidential debate, um, when you think that it is two septuagenarians uh, who are the top of the ticket. Uh, and one of them, we now know, does have uh, COVID. Um, so all of a sudden, the American people will be sort of training their eye on who potentially would have to step in if a situation unfortunate would ever occur. Um, and so I do think this will draw more attention, though at the same time, do you want the vice president in any way, shape, or form in a public environment um, uh, when the president's health could be uh, a bit at risk. But you do not want that to happen either. Um, so I think this will draw more attention to the vice presidential debate. Um, but there are now more risks because, you know, what happens if something terrible were to occur? Then all of a sudden you want to make sure that the vice president or the vice president nominee are all in good health and not at risk. So, uh, look, the, the timing of there's no good or bad timing with COVID. It's just a horrible, horrible pandemic that's affecting millions of millions of people worldwide. Millions of people have been infected in the United States. Over 200,000 uh, have died four times the American toll and the war in Vietnam, uh, just about. Um, and you hope all good health to the president and his team and that nobody is going to have a serious situation. Um, but I do think this will force a reckoning and, and a sobering about how we have to deal with this as a country and that people just shouldn't think that because they don't have it now, they might never get it because it can even happen to the most powerful person in the world. Well, thank you so much for your help and your information and the analysis. You have an open mic here anytime. We'll certainly go through CBS and get back in touch with you again. Thank you so much, Leonard. Yep, Leonard, thanks for your time. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, Leonard Steinhorn, uh, CBS News political analyst, professor of communication and history at American University, irritator of Ben Reichley. And, well, uh, well spoken and had his yep. opinions and diminish, 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 diminish. Well, and Pundit and, Wire, he founded that, is is an objective. I mean, anybody who 